Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of 747 Conversations. It's your host, Chris Shembra. And if you're coming back for round two, welcome back. If this is your first episode, we're glad you're here. I don't know what it took for you to get here today. You could have been anywhere else in the world. Well, I mean, not the world. Anywhere else in your apartment. But you chose to be here with us. In the middle of a global pandemic. Learning about gratitude, empathy, and hearing some pretty cool stories of how a great leader got to where he is today by being humble and servant and innovative and overcoming adversity. This podcast started about three years ago. We've brought on wonderful leaders to tell their great stories. Everything from Fortune 500 CEOs, Academy Award winners, Grammy Award winners, Super Bowl champions, all the way to the mom and pop bodega store owner in New York City. So go back through the archives and click that subscribe button. We'd love to have you along for the journey. Now, today is going to be a cool episode. This gentleman <clears throat> was introduced to me by my dear friend, Bo Wood. And Bo and I met when he was working alongside for many years, the great champion golfer, Mr. Gary Player. And it's timely because Mr. Player just lost his wife, Vivian, a week ago. And I'd like to give honor to Mrs. Player and Mr. Player and Bo and the entire Player family, Mark included, on this call. And when Bo reaches out and he says, God, I got this cool guy I'm working with. You got to meet him. I say, I don't care who it is. I'm in. And that's how we get to today's guest, Mr. David Painter. Or as they would say, you know, overseas in in Northamptonshire, they would David Painter. <laughs> I don't know. That's my little Jiminy Cricket Oliver Twist accent. Uh, but no, we, we got a true legend today. We've got a guy who's everything from, you know, a former top order batsman in the English cricket league um the the great grandson of one of one of the most legendary cricketers ever eddie painter the founder of a wonderful athletic apparel company a guy who's overcome adversity to go from the comfort of operating in a market where most people know his name to developing a new line of products and entering a new territory and all the challenges that come with that. So we're going to talk about how gratitude and some of his personal stories have helped him overcome these great challenges. He's got game-changing products. We wouldn't have him on the podcast if it wasn't for that. I have tried on his shoes and his gloves playing golf with Scott Marchfeld this weekend. They're phenomenal. So we know the stuff works. But what's cool is that his brand is committed to connecting to the athletes they serve with passion and empathy. And that's a pretty cool thing, and I can't wait to hear all about that. Let's welcome David Painter to the podcast. Welcome, David. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? 
You know, I I answered that question earlier today in our debrief. I am feeling pretty grateful, and that is actually something that's difficult for me. I'm in a crazy existential moment in my life where everybody around me, from my mother to my father to my therapist, has suggested that I just practice gratitude a little bit more and I might feel a little bit better. And and how ironic is that, that I don't practice what I preach? Um, so at least today I can vocalize it to our audience. Um, but in that, in that vein, we got to start with gratitude. Now, David, this is episode maybe 193 or something like that. And the beginning of every podcast starts with a simple question. It's the same question we've used to spark 500,000 relationships around the dinner table in the last six years. David, if you could give credit or thanks to one person in your life that you don't give enough credit or thanks to, they've never thought to thank, who would that be? Yeah, and I've never been asked that question. I'll, uh, I'll let you know that one right now. Um, so, good question. Um, there is someone actually, and she's very close to me, um, and it's my wife, in fact. And I've never told her this, I guess, um, because I guess when when you're somebody's partner and wife, husband, whatever, you're there to support somebody through thick and thin, I guess. But Kaz, Karen, whatever you want to call her, I'll probably call her Kaz. Um, we've been, we've only been married like um, a year and a half, but we've been together 10 years. So we've been together a long time. So she's seen the full David Painter, should I say, right from cricket to working to setting the brand up. Uh, and she's been there throughout everything. Um, so I think. It definitely be my wife. I think that I'd say I've never really thanked, and I think without her, I can probably one hundred percent say that there would be no painter brand. Um, she was the one that gave me the confidence to go for it when it was all we had. It was the life savings we had. It was her that was supporting the family and me. Um, being a nurse, she's, uh, she's still a nurse now, um, paying the bills and giving me that freedom to go and try my luck, I guess, being a businessman and creating a brand and have this crazy idea we can take on the big boys. <laughs> um, and she was there 100%. She's never batted an eyelid really so to speak in terms of saying don't do this or go and get a normal job you know she's always been glass half full kind of thing you know it's you can do this Dave I know it's been tough I know you're having you know troubles communicating with a factory um stick at it you know in fact why don't we spend a little bit of savings and you get on a plane and go see that factory to that extent, and, and looking back in 2015, 16, I think that was, that was probably the best move and the best advice she, she could have given me. And that confidence that, yes, we can spend six, seven hundred pounds on a plane ticket, which we couldn't really afford, but she, she knew how excited and how driven I was by this opportunity and this idea that I had. And she said, no, go for it. 
and she's always been 100% my biggest fan. So she's got a lot. She's she's very high on my list. I don't tell her this very often because I think her head won't fit through the door, but, and she's not here at the moment, so that's good. She's working. But, yeah, she's she's special, and she's she's had her own ups and downs in her life. So she to do what she does, I kind of look at her daily and think, you know, she she's amazing to be honest. Sounds like you're her number one fan as well. Yeah, I am. I am. I mean, not just <laughs> not just being a nurse. I mean, throughout this pandemic, but you know, she she does. She just just gets on with it I think as most nurses do and carers you know they're just not phased and crack on with it doesn't whinge or moan just gets up does the things obviously we've got two kids we've got two young kids you know she she had her own troubles years ago she lost a sister when she was um 24 I think a sister mm. um so she's had a she's had She's got a good story herself, and she's still my number one supporter. And I am hers, yeah, absolutely. But that's a that's a good partnership. That's a good that's a good marriage, I guess. And you say that you never told her that. What do you think that is? What no. is it about? What is it about the people? What is it? What is it about the people that are closest to us, or that are the most obvious that we need to thank that we oftentimes overlook? Mm. I've kind of said it off the cuff in, and and to be honest, you're probably right. I I don't even know if I've said it direct to her face in a conversation, but I have said it in interviews like this and podcasts and and Zoom calls to to all the people <laughs> about her when they ask about the story and and how the brand started, and 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 obviously she plays she plays a big part of that for me because, like I said. I honestly don't think the brand would be here without her. And a lot of people probably don't know that. But to go back to your question, I'm not I'm not too sure. I mean, we, we have a really good relationship and there's a lot of um, joking and this and that. So I don't know. I probably – I should maybe tell her and sit her down. But I, th- I think she knows it on the quiet. She knows how important she was, but I've just never told her, like <laughs> – um, Face to face, because I just—I guess we just don't talk about that now. You know, that was back in 2015, I think. What if I said that not all gratitude given is gratitude heard, and there is oftentimes a disconnect between the way that you like to give gratitude and the way that others might like to receive it. And that the most empathetic way of giving gratitude is to give it in the language the recipient likes to receive it. How might she best receive and hear your appreciation? Is that a gift, the words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service? Um, pro- I'd say probably, probably verbally. Yeah, probably verbally. I think because that's that's powerful. I think yeah. you, can't, you can't beat a face to face coming from me. I guess who who you know started the brand and 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 her who had such a big role to play in in creating that and making me you know go for my dreams kind of thing and and shoot for the stars. Um, but you know what? I might tell her that today and after this podcast and and just 
when she gets home, like, chat about the podcast and say, look, daft as it sounds, this was a lot about you as well, not mm. just about me. Because mm. she she she's she doesn't do podcasts or interviews. She saves lives. You know, that's what she does day in, day out, just in the trenches. You know, so that's that's where my admiration comes for her and and what she does day in, day out, just as a job, do you know, whereas I do things like this and I, I travel and it's cool and I design footwear and you know, it, it's totally different, I guess. <laughs> um, but I guess that's why why we work really well as well. Yep. Well, I look forward to hearing how that conversation goes. I, you're right. We just spent 12 minutes talking about her, and that I think is is uh, hopefully something that she'll appreciate tremendously. So, Karen, Cass, if you're if you're listening, thank you. Now, one of the things that you said to kind of dive into the next you know phase, mm-hmm. one of the things you said is that you learned how to overcome adversity through watching the way she carried herself as a nurse. She just kind of carried on and she yeah. got you through a lot of tough times. What is the biggest moment of adversity that you're trying to overcome now in this new chapter of the brand? Tell me that story. Yeah, um, there's there's lots. I mean, daily is there's, there's daily struggles, um, as I'm sure there is with everybody's daily business and, and jobs. But yeah, I mean, we're, we've headed into a new sector, a whole new sport in golf, uh, into a, a country as as big as the US, which is quite scary for me. Um, but I feel quite confident in the fact that I've got a fantastic partner over the pond um, that can help and, and drive the brand as good as I can do um, over here in the, in the UK, which is a massive um, benefit. And, and I think that's part, you know, I've got to take a little bit of credit for, for getting these people on board and doing these deals. You know, you, you, your judgment in people is a big thing in business and getting the right people involved can be make or break in, in your company or brand. So there's a lot of work to be done on, on that side of things, but I feel like we've got a fantastic st- team building now in Painter, uh, Bo being one of them, you, you know, your friend. So, you know, it's really growing. We're giving ourselves the best opportunity to, as they say, crack, crack, crack America. <laughs> um, but I'm sure we're a long way off doing that yet, but we've, we've made a, a damn good start and it's exciting and sometimes that's the that's the thing sometimes you can't see the wood for the trees and and you get lost in your way with, with work and business and I'm really too involved and I remember a, a cricketer actually an England cricketer called Graham Swan yeah famous England cricketer he's only he's about my age actually um when we, when I started this brand up and I had a I went for a, a meal with him and he said, you know what, after everything, just enjoy it. You know, make sure you enjoy it. And it's it, it's such a simple line, but it means a lot. And it's not that easy to do, actually, because enjoying working and, and the stresses and the strains of building a brand and a business is really hard. And sometimes you overlook that enjoyment and, and, and where you've come from and, and 
you, you sometimes you're not grateful of where you, what you've achieved. Um, and sometimes you've got to really take a step back and say, look, what have I done and, and how grateful you are to get where you are. Um, and that's quite tough. And sometimes, and, and everyone's got to do that and just really absorb. I think for me as an entrepreneur and an owner, founder, I guess, my biggest problem, I, I won't say it's a problem, I'd say it's just I'm, I'm never really satisfied as such with where we are as a business. So, and I'm sure a lot of business leaders and entrepreneurs are like this because otherwise you're not who you are and you're never going to grow. So, you know, you always want more. You always want a better deal. You always want to sell more products. You always want to make more people happy. But then you also have to reevaluate and say, look, how far have you come, you know, and really be grateful for that and appreciate what you've done and pat yourself on the back and and cars and your family and your friends and your people around you support you because it's not easy all these steps and sometimes you can put too much pressure on yourself to strive and get that unattainable uh, goal you know so it's yeah it's um it's a tough old world but I mean, I, I can't see me doing anything else at the moment rather than this. I, I'm, I'm fairly certain I'm pretty unemployable. <laughs> <laughs> I, from what I know of you, I would agree. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it, you, you touched on something. It, it sounds like you know that the key to overcoming the stress and anxiety and the unsatisfaction of being a founder running and building a company is to pause, mm-hmm. reflect and share gratitude. Yeah. That's it. Whew. And I need to Ain't- do that more. And I need to, and I, I, I know that's something I need to work on. Um, yeah. And, and that's, nobody's perfect. You know, we've all got goals. We've all got ambitions and, and things that we need to work on. So, for me and my mental state as well, I need to do that because if you don't, you can really just forget how far you've come and forget what you're doing and how well you've done, but just focus on where and start focusing, sorry, on where you need to go and what you haven't done and you need to be better and you need to do this number and hit that target, you know, and that's just putting so much pressure on yourself. You know, it's not, it's not healthy really. It sounds like you're really, really good at doing the hard things like risking a career, your finances, a relationship, your body and sport, but you're really, you struggle like I do with doing the easy things that make you feel really fucking good. Yeah. And and (laughs) just as it sounds, Chris, the the other people would be reversed and say, well, what you do easily is the hard thing. Like that's what 99% of the people won't and can't do. And they won't leave the job. Um, they won't stay at home for a year looking after the kids while they're twiddling the thumbs, not knowing where the next paycheck's going to come from. Whereas for me, it was like, well, I'm not happy what I'm doing and the job that I'm in. I'm better than that. I know I am. My wife knows I am, but I ain't got a clue what I'm going to do. So I'll tell you what, I'm going to, I'm going to leave that job 
I'm going to look after the kids. I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to drive a white van and labor a little bit while I have this time out to think about what I want to do for the rest of my life. You know, my wife's got that job for life. She's a nurse for the NHS. Fantastic. And that was, like I said, that gave me the flexibility to really have a year. I won't say a year off, but it was literally a year unemployed at least, probably longer, um, where I had to think about what, what I actually wanted to do in my life, which was really deep. <laughs> and that's when I guess I came up with this crazy idea to create a footwear brand at the time um, because it was what I knew back when I was a professional cricket player. Um, and it was all there. It was already there. It was already, already upstairs. It was just waiting to be unleashed uh, and and for me to really have the balls to go out and do it and say, look, I don't care if people, close people, say this is a ridiculous idea. It's never going to work. Just go and get a normal job, Dave. You know, because nothing was deterring me. I think as long as I had Kaz there saying, go for it, you know, give it a go, give it your best go. I was always going to keep going and, and obviously working on the side and earning a little bit of money where I could. But the main thing was to build this thing, build this thing and build this thing. And and, and obviously that was now the right thing to do. <laughs> tell me, tell me just a little deeper about that dark place. Hmm. That, Unemployed. Yeah. No direction. Yeah. Scary as shit. <laughs> supported. I mean, you're a man's man, dude. You play yeah. sport for a living yeah. and you're being supported by a wife or a girlfriend at the time. Yeah, girlfriend. Um yeah. I'm a fan of that, but we're in we're in the probably minority who would be okay with that. Tell me about that dark place. The the swallowing of the pride, the crazy yeah. sleepless night. Tell, tell me about that because that's that's what we need to help normalize if your story is going to be inspirational yeah. to others to go out and start their business. It's got to be truthful as well. Yeah, and that's a great question. I don't think I've ever been asked that, actually. <laughs> I always kind of just bypass that bit um, conveniently, but you're absolutely right. I mean – that was probably the lowest point in my life, I'd have said. And I guess you don't want to go back there a lot of the time because why would you? Um, yeah, you, you, you're absolutely, you know, you're getting supported by your, your, your girlfriend. You know, I, I had uh, a new baby at the time. She was, what was she being? Maybe one, less than one. Um, she was young. So, and then I had a little boy as well who was about five. Um, it was horrible. Like you say, I'm a man's man. And like, you just want to, you want to support your family. You're the breadwinner. Are you supposed to be the breadwinner? But I know times have changed, but that, that wasn't me, you know. And I, to be honest, I never stopped working. You know, I, I worked, I looked after the kids. I tried to build a brand on the side whenever I could. And just as you said, Chris, you know, sleep. I, I, but I was so excited. I never, I didn't, I didn't sleep. You know, I was going to bed at, you know, two in the morning and, and then I'd go to bed and my brain's just going absolute crazy about ideas. And this is so exciting. You know, I'm really want to make this work. So I wouldn't sleep. And then I'd wake up and jot a few things down. And, and then I'd be up at like five o'clock in the morning and, you know, 
researching stuff and Googling and looking for manufacturers and competition. And, you know, it was, it was crazy times back then. And you'd like to say, you know, I, I, I don't know, like, I think it shows how strong our relationship is, I guess, now, because, you know, she put up with a lot, I guess, with me being at home all the time. And yes, I was looking after the kids and that was tough as well. But this idea, you know, it could have came to nothing. And we spent a lot of our life savings that we got and that could have really backfired. But she was there. She never said that. And she, I don't think she's the type of person to ever blame me for doing that. But, you know, um, that that was a dark year and a bit. Um, and, and also what was hard in that year was when I had this fantastic idea, which I obviously loved and thought it was going to be, you know, the next best thing. Not everybody joined in on that vision. <laughs> so close people to me kind of said, yeah, yeah, it's not not great really. I mean, can you really do that? How are you going to fund it? And can, how can you compete with Adidas and Puma and New Balance? And, you know, why don't you just go and, you know, apply for another job? You know, and that was painful. That's really painful. And then it's strange how, you know, flip on a few years, then they're kind of eating the words. But, you know, I'm not that type of guy to to rub that in. It's just I go about my business quite quiet, quietly and under the radar. And, you know, it's – I always – like I said before, I, I, we're, we're, there's so far to go with this thing. It's unbelievable. We've only just scratched the surface. So, you know, the potential is, is huge especially now we're going into to America and, and the golf market. So, um, yeah, interesting year, I'd definitely say, Chris. So, But I think it made me as a person, it made me as a businessman, and it made, made me resilient and grateful of, of the people who backed me around me and obviously my wife, which um, was probably top of that list. Wow. I want to take one word out of the last sentence you just used. Mm -hmm. You just said that that year uh, made you resilient, uh, made you something else, and it made you a businessman. Mm. I want to take the word business out of it. Out of all the things you've done in life... That one year alone, I think, but who am I? <laughs> I think that's the best year as a man you've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. I I probably agree with you there. Tell me more it's, about that. It's so tough when you haven't got a job or income. And you've got two young kids and a wife depending on you. And I, I came from a, a decent job, you know, with nice salary and a company car and this and that. This was this was after my cricketing career and, and kind of before the brand. So I had like six or seven years at a steady job. So, you know, that was that was really, really, really tough going from that to nothing, I guess. And you just feel worthless, you know. You just feel like God, and you've got to pick yourself 
pick yourself out of bed. I'm, obviously, once I had the idea, it was different. You know, my, my kind of attitude changed and my energy changed. But there was a time, like I said, probably a year where I didn't even have the idea. So at the time, I was just an unemployed bum mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my eyes, because you know you are critical of yourself, and you are quite harsh, and you want to do your best, and you want to support your family and give them the best. That's what it's about. At the end of the day, for me, I, I, I want to give them the best life. I want them to be proud of me and what I've achieved, and you know, have good health. You know, what what's, what else do you need in life? So, yeah, it was. Um, it, it certainly made me as a person. I think looking back. You're absolutely right, because I've never done that before. From mm-hmm. from playing, well, from leaving school, I was a professional cricketer, so I went straight from being 16, mm. being taken on as a sportsman, up to the age of 25, 26, travelled the world, had things paid for me, you know, earned decent money. Um, but then that, and and then I worked a normal job, what I call a normal job, you know, just a uh, in a flooring business. So. You know, I'd never been in that position of uh, vulnerability, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so to come through that, yeah, you're probably absolutely right. That that year was probably the toughest year and probably, hopefully will be, although it is tough. A bit, everything's tough these days, but that was, that for me personally, that was, um, that was a, a telling point. Well, it's <clears throat> where I'm going with this. And as we start to wind back into the present, is that earlier on you said that was the lowest point in your life and why would you want to go back there? Yeah. And that's why you don't often talk about it. Well, my my summation is that you should go back there as much as possible and give gratitude yeah. to how you overcame that situation. Science shows that the grateful processing of unpleasant memories like that whole year mm. will destigmatize the negative emotion like you writing down or talking out what you you know what you went through and helps broaden and build the brain's thought action repertoire needed for hope pride optimism self confidence self efficacy so what's going to happen is that the more you give gratitude to the toughest moment of your life that year and the ways that you overcame, the more self-confidence and self-efficacy you will have now to take y'all in this new market, in this new sport, to the next level that you couldn't even dream possible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. I think when... I need to use that year to say anything's possible. Use it as part of your story. It is. And I think people, a lot of people will be able to relate to it. There's a lot of people out there that are unemployed and and got sacked or made redundant, you know. So that was kind of the same situation. And it brought the best out of me, I guess, in the long run because it forced me to really get to grips with myself and say, look, Dave, you need to get your ass in gear here. What are you going to do? And and that's when, I guess, you know, when you, your back's up against the wall, it brings the best out of you, I guess. 
and it did do eventually in that year. You know, it took a year to do that, but that's that's fine. Um, and then I guess it, and and I guess when you have that, for me, the idea to to create a footwear brand, it's being the person that's going to follow that through, and not and not just go, oh yeah, I can't do that. You know, it's a good idea, but I'm not going to give it a go. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to gamble our savings on that. And you know, I'm just going to do this. Whereas, I guess I am that type of person. And I thought, well, I've nothing else to do, so I'm just going to give this 100%. And there was no looking back. I never doubted it for one minute. I've never doubted it. I've never doubted the success of the brand from day one. I think I'm the only person, probably me and my wife, um, even ups and downs to to this day. Um, I never doubt the brand. So, yeah, it's... (laughs) <laughs> definitely going to go back and reflect on that year a lot more than, than I've done. Mm-hmm. There are some good exercises around that, um, that I'm not an expert in, but you know, we're, we're expert on how to give gratitude, mm. you know, to those moments. Um, but it, it seems like, you know, you've just, you just started the process today, and and I I gotta say, and I've seen it thousands of times over, the David we're about to see, that is filled with gratitude for the times that you've overcame, and you're in touch, and you communicate those vulnerabilities. Boy, what got you here? You ain't seen nothing. Exactly. You ain't seen nothing. Yeah. Um. David, if Karen was on this call, mm-hmm. she was sitting here, right, right here, right through this screen. What would you say to her right now? Um, probably thanks for being my rock, I guess. She's my rock. And I'd, I'd like to say, I'd like to think I'm hers as well. Um. Just I don't know. Thanks. I, I guess it's a thank you more than anything for just being her. Because I think by being her, she inspires me to do better. Mm. <laughs> and seeing her, what she does daily, and what she's been through with her sister and all that kind of thing. And she had a, a, a daughter, I think, when she was like 19 and at university and working two or three jobs and that kind of thing. You know, she's she's lived a life. Um, and like I said, she's she's never batted an eyelid as well. She's always been my biggest supporter. And I guess I'd just like to thank her for that. Hmm. Well, Karen, if you're listening, I hope you hear that. And I look forward to hearing how your relationship blossoms even deeper over time. David, any last words in closing? No, it's been great. It's it's definitely it, 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 <laughs> it took a turn, for, but a different turn and a good turn, I think, Chris. So I'm 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 pleased that we chatted about those kind of bits because I've never done that before, and I'd like to thank you for that. So, but yeah, I hope I hope 
you know, I can spread a little bit of inspiration to to those people out there who feel like there's no, you know, way forward or there's no light at the end of the tunnel. You know, it's I'd like to hopefully give them a little bit of confidence to to take that 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 leap of faith. I guess. Mm-hmm. You asked a question earlier on the podcast. Well, uh, you asked the question that everybody else was asking you for so many years. You know, how are you going to compete with? adidas or nike or you know all these other kind of things you don't you 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 compete in your own way yeah and and at the end of the day people buy from people not from companies and the more people that hear this vulnerable side of your story that we told today the more loyal committed people you're going to have surrounding you who believe in the same things you believe in and it doesn't matter if you're releasing a cricket product or a golf product or a baseball product or a women's something product. Mm -hmm. The people who believe in your story, in your why, in your commitment to excellence and empathy and gratitude, that will lead to far greater, longer lasting customer bases than people just buying your product because it's a competitive product at a decent price. Bullshit. That's not you. You've got a story. Exactly. So I'm glad to have been part of telling it, um, you know, to all our listeners. Wow. I, I hope you enjoyed that ride, right? This is, this is a story that I hope you realize is not too dissimilar to yours. And let's be real. If you're listening to this, Maybe you were, I'm going to be brutally honest. Maybe you were the star quarterback in high school. Maybe you played a little college ball even. And then you graduated. You joined a miserable nine to five job. And you're just kind of floating along. Well, y'all, I'm not saying quit your nine to five to pursue a life of passion. That is not macroeconomically sustainable. It is tough as shit. (laughs) But what I will say is it's our right to speak your truth and acknowledge that you aren't in alignment somewhere and you're bubbling up with all these dreams that you need to do something about. Take a little time off. Mm. Fucking pause. Right, The great Stoic philosophers, for instance, Marcus Aurelius, the fifth great emperor of Rome in 161 to 100 AD, he thought retirement was bullcrap. He advocated that you should take many breaks in your life every now and then to really reset and ask the deep Socratic questions. What do I want from life? What am I running away from? What kind of insecurities am I hiding? And David did that for a whole year. And what popped out of that was not only a great brand and a whole host of great products, but better relationships, more real and honest truth about himself and what he was capable of overcoming. And you have that same opportunity. Look, I'm not going to lie. This is a rare success story. For someone to reach down deep and pull forth what's needed to turn that traumatic experience, that general malaise into growth, that's rare. And so I can't promise you 
the best results. But what I can promise you is you will kind of get a little micro-interventional pause on the general malaise you're probably feeling in life. Because here's the God's honest truth. 62% of us, probably listening, report feeling lonely on a consistent basis. It's equivalent to the reduction of lifespan of smoking 15 cigarettes a day, seven years off your life. Y'all, we are in a crisis of people. David's got a pretty good story to do something about that. It requires courage. It requires vulnerability. It requires detaching yourself from your masculinity. But in doing so, you will find a new definition of that that can go on and support others and build things in the process. So thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this. I really encourage you to go to check out his brand. The link is in the bio below. I played with his products over the weekend. The products are great. The dude behind the products is great. He's got a great supporting system around him. I don't think there's any assholes on the team. So that means it's a brand worth supporting. And if you liked what you heard here today, share it with a friend, especially friends that are in the cricket or golf (laughs) industry or uh, play cricket or golf. And uh, keep coming back, y'all. Got a lot of cool wisdom on this podcast. If you haven't done so at the start of the show, click that subscribe button. Share this episode on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, whatever you want. And keep coming back. Explore the rest of the episode archives. Every episode is just like this. We love bringing on some pretty great leaders to share their vulnerable stories of who helped them get to where they are today and the adversity that they've overcome. This has been Chris Shembra and David Painter. I hope y'all are having a phenomenal day on Earth. Remember, folks, it's your world. Go explore. We'll see you next episode. 